from west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 123 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, producer, and good friend Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I'm not doing too bad. How are you, Michael? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. I put away all the Halloween decorations. We got about 50 or so trick-or-treaters. Okay, not so, bad. Which, no, for a school night, that's pretty typical. Yeah. We had our court party, and that, that was fun. And, and like I suspected, um, superheroes, huge. And unicorns. Boy, unicorns made a big comeback this year. That is, <laughs> kind of baffles me. So, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, to make but, of that. I know a lot of little rainbow unicorns amongst uh, the little girls. So, uh, so yeah, I don't quite, I, I, I don't know what what got that one going. And well, uh, why not? Those costumes are on sale. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so we had a good time. But good. I think next year it's on a Friday night or something. So we'll get like triple that. Yeah, uh, the trick or treaters. Yeah, we had we had a decent amount. We I think I had around. Uh, maybe I'll say roughly just to like undersell it. I'll say we had about a hundred, but uh, we gave away all of our candy except the allergy friendly candy that we, we got from all the Halloween parties at Mm -hmm. magic kingdom. So, uh, which is actually perfect because the, the allergy friendly candy that they they gave us was basically like packs of cookies, sun butter cups, and then like nuts or not nuts, sorry, that would completely defeat the purpose of Kylie's allergy. <laughs> uh, chocolate chips that were produced in like a nut free facility. So, uh, and then it was what? Oh, lollipops and like lollipops that taste like they're made with actual preserves. So they're like oh, yeah. the next level. So like I've been eating lollipops like crazy. So, you know, I'm going to need to go to the dentist soon. And Kylie's <laughs> been going to town on the sun butter cups and cookies. Of course, you can't go wrong with those. And we're going to use the chips to, to make uh, actual homemade cookies at some point. So it's like lucky for us, all the candy we do have left over, it will actually get used. So, oh, okay. That's, that's good. Yeah. No, I'm... It was successful Halloween in, in yeah, Florida. Yeah. Just way too hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was cool here. Oh, but, jealous. Uh, I mean, we had a big um, old um, bonfire kind of thing going in a fire pit because it was so cold. Oh yeah, no, we. I, I think that entire week, uh, from Monday through Thursday, we were in the mid nineties, and then oh, surprisingly. Then on Friday, next day after Halloween, the temperature dropped to like 79 and it was chilly and windy. Like it was, it would have been perfect for yeah. trick or treating. We're having perfect fall weather right now. It's um, low 70s. It cools down to the 30s at night. The trees are all turning now. Well, that's a shame because so it's, it's Christmas, it's Michael. Beautiful. It's Christmas already. 
It is in your house. In mine, I have Thanksgiving up. I celebrate Thanksgiving. We do too. So our Thanksgiving <laughs> decorations aren't plentiful. Our turkey's but hanging on a Christmas tree, right? <laughs> I mean, the Christmas tree's up, but you know, we have our a lot of our fancy plates and serving trays. Like we display that, and then have a little bit of like wooden decor and just little stuff. So it's just it's hard to find good Thanksgiving stuff. It's it is we we when Jim Shore was like nobody knew who he was. He made some beautiful Thanksgiving pieces. Mm-hmm. He made this big old turkey. He made a Mayflower. And we have a third piece. I forget what it is. So I put those out on our uh, mantle. And then I have, you know, little pumpkins and yeah. things like that that I put up. Oh, scare, scarecrow candelabras. Yeah. That go on, on the end. That, that's the that hard kind of part. Stuff. Is that like I grew up with all the decorations that my mom had, which, you know, they. I don't know when she bought most of them, probably in the. 60s 70s and 80s but mostly 70s and 80s but they they growing up for me in the 90s and such like they felt vintage and so now i'm looking for that same style and Mm -hmm. they just don't make it and i don't like secondhand stuff i i am very weird when it comes to that uh unless it's passed down from my parents and then i love it there's some online shop i didn't see if they have vintage thanksgiving but it's the vermont country store something huh. like that they're they're they are not as believe me they're not paying for this plug but they had a lot of vintage halloween stuff hmm. and um i know i'm getting their christmas ads i don't know if they have thanksgiving in there but um but anyway oh and it's a cornucopia jim short did this beautiful cornucopia gotcha as well so yeah. we have those i mean these are stuff sometimes we use as centerpieces and all that on our tables yeah well Kylie already put out the Christmas plates, so I can't get away with the center centerpiece. But uh, I, you know, I'll find other places to inject Thanksgiving. So anyway, well, yeah, and we'll all be injecting a lot of food in our stomachs <laughs> on oh, Thanksgiving. Anyway, I wanted to let folks know about a special event coming up this week, and I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but this is a charity event, but it involves a good friend of the Diz, who actually has been on the show a couple of times. But this is the NorCal um, Disney Anna Fan Club's chapter up here, it's called Two for the Books Fundraiser. It's on Sunday, November 10th at the Stage 9 Entertainment Store's Anniversary Room in Old Sacramento. Disney historian and author Dave Bossert will be presenting two special programs, Walt Before Mickey, uh, the Oswald the Lucky Rabbit films, and Walt Disney's Imagineer Claude Coates, The Making of Disneyland from Toad Hall to the Haunted Mansion. Uh the tickets are only $30 a person, but you can save $5 if you put in the code word um, Claude. But also, I was told by Leo, who's coordinating this event, that any listeners will get that discount as well. So you want to indicate your interest. Um, you have to email, and, and Craig, if you could put the email in our show notes, that'd be great. It's M as in Mary or Mickey, N as in, I don't know, nice, um, M ears at gmail.com they'll send you a message or a paypal invoice and then you can uh, you know you can pay there 
the end and pays through that. Uh, I guess there's some front row tickets available for at least when Leo last wrote me for $50 each. Uh, there's no discount with those. I don't know if they're still available though. What they use these proceeds for um, every year or I think it's every year. They make a, a major donation of non-fiction Disney books to the Sacramento Public Library. So for every ticket sold, it represents a book that they're going to be able to purchase and donate. So, um, so which is nice because sometimes they've uh, you know they donate biographies uh, on Walt and mm-hmm, the Imagineers mm-hmm. and other things. So it's really nice. So the doors open at twelve thirty. The first talk speak. Talk begins at one. There'll be a forty-five minute snack break. You can brief, you know, meet Dave between the talks, and it'll end about five fifteen. So if you have any questions, again, use that same um, email. If you have any questions, you can answer them. That's actually Leo, my contact. That's his email. So anyway, yeah, so it's going to be going to be fun for those who attend. Yeah, uh huh. I'm going, and I'm. Oh, and you can bring your books to sign. Or anything you want Dave to sign, I have a lot of books, <laughs> so I'm bringing a bag full of books for Dave to sign. Uh, so, so if you don't there, get in be line, sure to say hello. Yeah, don't get in line. Be after Michael. Make sure you're before <laughs> Michael. That's right. So, alrighty. Okay. Um, I was at the Walt Disney Family Museum last Saturday and with um, listeners Sally and Gordon. And this was because they won me for a day through the Give Kids the World, you know, the Dreams Unlimited Travel 20th Anniversary Auction. And so I had donated a personally guided tour of the Walt Disney Family Museum and lunch. And so just so folks know, yeah, I actually do pay off these things. So we spent a day at the museum. Then they took me out for pizza (laughs) afterwards, which was very nice, delicious pizza. And, uh, And so we had a great day. And also because the Mickey Mouse exhibition was open, I gave them a guided tour of that as well. You didn't. So. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy that your day went well. Yeah, yeah. So, are there any updates? I know there's your, the Diz is doing that the auction again the day after Thanksgiving. Is there any additional information about that? That is okay. definitely something worthwhile bringing up here, and I'm sure something that Pete would be very happy that we were talking about. I believe right now uh, the main thing to keep in mind for anyone out there uh, is that I believe we are still taking donations for that auction at this point in time. I mean, I know we're we're starting to get to the point where we're running out of time, uh, but it's still there still should be enough time to be able to send it in. And I apologize that I'm kind of stuttering and uh, not really saying much here because I'm trying to pull up the address for where to set the stuff. Oh, good. Uh, Maybe you could put it on show notes, too, because I need to send in mine. Yeah. So, the uh, you send this stuff inevitably to the disboards.com welcome center, and the address for that is 6550 North Atlantic Avenue, Suite B, Cape Canaveral, Florida, 328 Sorry, three two nine two zero, and to make life easier, I will have that in the show notes, like Michael just suggested, so that way you can uh, send anything, and you know is definitely preferred Disney related stuff. If you have anything to donate towards the auction, and you know if it's random other stuff, we still might put it in there. Uh, we've put in some pretty wacky stuff before, but yeah, then the live show that we will be having 
for that to kick off that auction and such will be on Saturday, November 30th. So the Saturday after after Thanksgiving. So for for those of you in the United States celebrating Thanksgiving. So uh, that's it's mm-hmm. the right time of year to get into the the mindset of giving, because, of course, anything you win with the auction, you will be uh, you'll be giving your all your money to give kids the world it's a complete donation there we don't keep any part of it so it just all goes directly to them and i believe we will be doing something similar to last time around where there will be the option to do a a cash donation i mean you know credit cash donation but not not actually bidding on the items but you'll be able to give a donation and then you'll have access to the complete live show which will be 12 hours long on that day and for people who don't get to watch it right away or want to be able to have the option to rewatch it as much as they want that's always an option and yeah it's uh it was fun last year and we raised a raised a lot of money and goal is to to knock it out of the park again this year so uh, yeah if you you want to send any items to be a part of the auction you still have a little bit of time i would get it probably within the next week or two uh definitely this week would be ideal and if it's something that's like really juicy that you think is going to go for hundreds or thousands and pete will take it up to the very last second he'll have Teresa inputting items on thanksgiving day instead of eating turkey with the family but uh, (laughs) yeah it's going to be exciting so great excellent well and, and those shows are always fun. It's not just auctions. There are special guests and interviews, and there's all kinds of things that go on on that show. Yeah, so, already uh, already know a couple of the interviews. There's going to be some some great segments along the way. I know, I know, we're going to be having some Disney Cruise Line entertainment, uh, and not entertainment from the Disney Cruise Line, but we're going to have some material during that marathon show about Disney Cruise Line. I believe. That's going to be when uh, when John and Kevin and Pete are going to give their thoughts on the Paris trip that you've been hearing us talk about the past couple weeks. So mm-hmm. uh, lots of lots of exciting content will be out that day. And like I said, you'll have the option to, to give a donation and have access to that full live show. Or then in the weeks after the show, we'll be slowly releasing material, you know, while, while we're on hiatus from our normal shows. So that way you still give you some some fun to watch but you know like the last hour i'm pretty sure we're gonna do the same zany little question and answer live question and answer that we did last time around that oh yeah that just was fun went off the wheels that unless you <laughs> gave a donation you you don't have access to that show and you have never seen that and it <laughs> it got weird <laughs> so <laughs> i think that was the portion oh, where rhino's shirt came off Oh wow! So so there is there was a strip tease at the end. There okay. was. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So okay, well we'll we'll see what goes on next yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you won't be raided, or YouTube won't shut you down for explicit yeah. content or something. But, Not gonna be me. <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay. Speaking of zany, uh, the deadline is fast approaching for submitting questions for our Q and A episodes that will be coming up in December when we return from um, Thanksgiving break. So, uh, Craig, do you want to quickly just sort of run through how folks can submit their questions? Yep. The uh, the 
The place where you will submit your questions is on Facebook at facebook.com slash disunplugged. The post is out there, and it's still uh, relatively at the top of the page. And it is, you know, it's post with 100 comments already on it. So lots of people have asked their questions. Still, still a little bit of time to ask more questions, uh, but quickly, quickly, quickly running out of time there. And uh, the details are all right there on the page. Um, you can... You can ask us whatever you want, whether it's about Walt Disney, the the studios, movies, books, theme parks, Imagineering, anything at all. Just don't ask us what we think Walt would think or what he would thought of something that already happened. And uh, also do not uh, do not ask us simple questions that can only be sufficed with a yes or no answer. Give us something to have a little conversation about. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, get over get over to facebook.com slash disunplugged and answer answer not answer ask us your questions so we can answer them right yeah and a deadline for submitting those is november 15th yes okay so great all right thank you craig okay uh, for the last three episodes i've talked about the dreams unlimited travel exclusive adventures by disney london and paris tour that i was a part of in the first episode i talked about our adventures in london and paris in the second i talked about the disneyland hotel and our tour with a disney imagineer and in the third craig and i talked about the disneyland paris park in this episode, we are unfolding our park maps, and believe me, we didn't have to unfold much of it, to talk about the Walt Disney Studios park, um, dining, shops, and merchandise, shows, and even more. So here we go. We're going to take you through the turnstiles of this infamous park. Walked over to the studios. It's a, it's an easy walk. It's not very far. Um what was you, when you walk in? There's this little plaza there. There's a great Fantasia statue, and then I they have um they have the Studio One that you walk through. I guess it's like their main street, and you walk into it, and there's restaurants and sh- shop and you know things like that. A lot of neon and all that. Um, yeah, that, n- it's, not much to be said there. Oh, it, it's uh, tacky theming at its very best. <laughs> that's that's about all I can say about it. It really caught me off guard. So it's a nice uh, preparation in what to expect from the rest of the park. Uh, it's kind of like you're actually getting the worst out of the way right at the front. So I'm appreciative of that. But yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I don't understand anything that's that's happening in there and my goodness if I I thought standing in there at one point I'm like maybe I should just eat at one of these restaurants inside here and then I quickly walked out and said no food is better than eating there but I did shop yeah. in there so I can't. but they did have a brown derby yeah, just that did. it was fast food <laughs> I mean it was quick service and no cob um, salad. Yeah, no. They call this a classic entrance of a major film studio. Oh, well. Um, Okay, I didn't go on a lot here. I wasn't interested in lights, motor, action, stunt show. Um, 
you know, yeah. they are building, you know, the whole Avengers campus thing there. They, I guess they had Stitch live. I did, I did not see that. You yeah. interact with Stitch. I, from everyone that I've talked to who's done it, it is essentially a Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor uh, version of uh, with Stitch. So perfect for kids. Oh, okay. But uh, oh, okay, great to enjoy uh, lights, motor action. I I was told by friends to not do it, even if it was one of my favorite things from uh, from Magic or not. Why did I say Magic Kingdom from Hollywood Studios? Uh, apparently, the show is like twice as long in France because they they do make sure that they do everything in French and English. So oh. they take so much extra time actually uh, translating it all that it just takes way longer. So I did not do that either. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not get to go on the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Everybody said it was terrific. It has a different storyline. Something about this creepy little girl. Um, people loved it. Did you get to go on this? I did, but I mean the the attraction as a whole is is Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. So the the it, when I have to think back completely to it, I want to say for me the inside the because I, I wasn't allowed to video the actual attraction itself, but inside the library, it definitely was in French. Uh, the video for it, and I want to say they spoke a little French, the Rod Serling French on the attraction, but uh, I believe also once but I went during the original I think they updated it, I'm not sure if it was just for Halloween or in general but Tower of Terror just went through some upgrades uh, while you Mm -hmm. were there so uh, definitely I think there's like three different ride profiles on it now, but uh, the 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 building itself is is the same style as Disneyland's was the uh, push back and then go up into the elevator versus uh, versus Hollywood Studios going up and then moving through the, the, the fourth fifth, dimension yeah. Yeah. or fifth dimension yeah, yeah. Um, okay um, I did go on the studio tram tour behind the magic oh dear. Lord, what were they thinking when they built? Why did they bother with this? As, it, see, I love it. <laughs> oh dear, it was terrible. It was such a waste. But Gary Oldman, I—I <laughs> I don't know. I so what? I mean. That was terrible, too. I mean, oh, my gosh. There is nothing redeeming about this whatsoever. Even the the goofy dragon effect was awful. I mean, at least have the dragon there. I mean, oh, it was it was bad. Really bad. Yeah, (laughs) I I, see. I enjoyed it. I or I said Gary Oldman. I meant Jeremy Irons. I don't know why I just oh, had that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I had Jeremy that. Irons. Yeah, you know, and Jeremy <laughs> Irons, you know that somehow when he recorded his little dialogue for Spaceship Earth, that he was, they said, you know what? If you want to get paid, you're doing this too. Because he looked, <laughs> you could just see the lack of enjoyment. 
Yeah. It oozed through the little video screen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the, for me though, uh Catastrophe Canyon was one of my favorite things about Hollywood Studios and MGM and to be able to relive it in Paris, I I enjoyed that. I I liked some of the little additions to it. I think I walked right on the tram. I think I maybe waited five minutes at most. Oh, no, we waited. We had to wait about 20. Okay, yeah, no, I I essentially walked right on it and then rode around and was able to get off my feet for however long it was, 15 minutes. So for me, I can't complain about it. I I thought it was kitschy, and it it will not be there forever. So I'm glad I had the chance to no. do it while I could. The narration didn't even match what you were looking at. I mean, oh dear lord! It, but Jeremy Irons. <laughs> um, Animagique Theater is gone. It has been closed forever. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. It, I mean, it was there, but nothing was going on in it. Animagique um, Theater. Yeah, is that the one that is to the right of Tune Studio area? Yeah, that's the. Sorry, I I want to get make sure I'm correct on that. So I'm gonna you're gonna hear some typing in the background here from me. Um, yeah, it was it was closed when we were there. It, so you didn't have Mickey and the Magician while you were there. No. Oh, I am so sorry. This was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in a Disney park. So and that happened in. Uh, in the Animagique Theater, it's one of the yeah. one of the productions in there. Just it is so cool. It's think of like some of the uh, practical illusions that they they have done for Frozen at the Hyperion, uh, but taken to the next level in in a show that's very very intimate and features a, a ton of great Disney music. You know, they cover Cinderella. Uh, Aladdin, Frozen, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and and it's a perfect balance between French and English. Like it is, it is a cool show. So oh. I'm sad you oh, didn't well. get to see it. Yeah, yeah. They had a little uh, Cars Road Rally that was basically like teacups or Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, something like that. I went on Crush's coaster. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a thrill. Um, I thought, oh, how bad could this be? This is a wild, wild attraction. You, you you go through the East Australian current aboard a spinning turtle shell. Now, when you go through the current, I don't think there's any effects or anything, but you are swirling and whipped around and all that. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. Did you go on this? I did. I this is this is a uh, tough attraction to recommend, not because <laughs> it isn't fun, but because there's no fast pass for it, and it seems like mm-hmm. the line is always at a steady somewhere between forty five minutes and an hour. They have yep. a single rider line, but when I went, the single rider line ended up being forty minutes as compared to forty five minutes, and I'm pretty sure I saw people who I got in line with at the exact same time end up getting on before me as a single rider, and I that always drives me nuts when that ends up happening. But it's the risk that you take with it. But uh, it, this ride draws you in because as you're walking through the park, there is a portion of it that you just see 
very mm-hmm. briefly, you see the the coaster vehicle come outside and then go back in, and it really like you really want to do it because you see it over and over again, and it it looks cool. And then like it starts off, and you're once you're in the giant room where it's all taking place on. There was like no spinning, at least when I wrote it, and I guess that has mm-hmm. to deal with uh, sometimes the weight of the vehicles and if it's not balanced properly. But then it hits a point where then I feel like we didn't stop spinning until I was on. Yep. So it delivered oh, no, on that. It's crazy. Yeah. It was fun. I don't know if I'd do it again, but it was fun. And then they had flying carpets over Agrabah because you have to. And then they had the attraction, Ratatouille. Oh, I thought so, you were going to say Toy Story Land. No, that was... <laughs> Toy Story Land. It's you know, it's the you toy toy soldiers parachute drops, slinky dogs, you know, in a circle, spin, yeah, RC racer. <laughs> it's you know, it's yeah, it is what it is. The, it's not as good as as even Hong Kong Disneyland. Well, and that's it's important to clarify there. I know we will end on a high note with Ratatouille, but Slinky Dog, you'll hear that it's in Paris, but really, it's Slinky Dog is pretty much. Uh, nose to his butt in a big giant Mm -hmm. circle going around like complete off the shelf carnival attraction with slinky dog put right on it and that's that the the drops the the green army men drop it's you know just a little what's the one in dca that's very similar that Oh, it was the was it the Malibu Mers? No, the jumping jellyfish. Thank you. Uh, Very similar to that. I will say the RC racer. It's it's very simple. It's really just a back and forth. It's no more than like a glorified pirate ship, except you're on wheels. Uh, But you know, people people loved it, and it was kind of fun watching it go back and forth. So, but yeah, they had this at Hong Kong Disneyland. I think they they're building these at at Shanghai Disneyland. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, but um, the one at, at Walt Disney World is superior. Uh, yeah, by far. So, but Ratatouille. But the, Ratatouille. First of all, this is the theming in this area is wonderful, and they were having a food and wine festival, and it was um, it was in this area and then up above, and um, but it. Oh my god! First of all, it's gorgeous. You feel like you're you're definitely in Paris. There's a little shop there, which actually had some of the best souvenirs and you go in and it's like you're on the rooftops you go into the restaurant it looks like gasto's restaurant and you go in and it's like you're on the rooftops of the restaurants and all that because there's the big sign you know gasto's sign and all that and then um if you notice the paving as you go along it's normal sized and then suddenly it becomes a big because at one moment you're suddenly now the size of a rat and you get into your little rat vehicle and this is like the vehicles that run in mystic manor or winnie the pooh's honey hut in tokyo disneyland it's you know not on a track or anything like that these vehicles they go they scurry around and it's really you I boarded, I think I wrote it four times. I boarded the same place three of the four times, and I never ended up in the same order. 
So it's it, as you make your way through, you really it's because it's trackless. Your ride can change just very slightly because the the vehicles go out three at a time, and it's mm-hmm. it's real neat. <laughs> Mine never changed. <laughs> we rode this wow. a lot, and over a couple of days, mine never changed. The order didn't change that I can remember. Because you go through, and, and oh, and there's a lot of interesting little things. Look in the windows and stuff when you're in that area, and you go through, and you're you're now on the 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 skylight of the restaurant, and mm-hmm. and Remy's there, and he's trying to figure out what is he going to make for you, and and then um and Gaston's trying to give him some inspiration there, and. He says, well, of course, rat. And of course, it's ratatouille. And he stamps his little rat foot. And unfortunately, it opens up the skylight. And we all fall in into the um, restaurant. And of course, we're, we're wearing our little glasses, our mouse glasses. And so it's 3D. And then the adventure begins. You're scurrying around through the kitchen and the restaurant, trying not to get caught. You you see a lot of your favorite characters in the film. And, you know, at, at one point, you know, you're, you're they try to shove you under a table or something with a wet mop and you feel the water against your face. Um, you end up under a stove at one point and then it gets turned on and you feel the heat. You go through the sewers you um it's it's great and then you end up um actually at remy's restaurant where they're all very excited and happy to see you and then when you go out you act there is a there is a bistro chez remy that you can eat in and it's all um you know and, and we'll get into that but when you the exit area there's a glass wall and I think it's one-way glass, and you see into the restaurant. So it's Chez Remy, and there everything is is big. It's as if you're the size of a rat. Mm-hmm. And so everything is oversized, and it's all been made out of, you know, bottle caps and, uh, you know, sp- threads, uh, spools of thread and, you know, goofy things, you know, butter dishes. And um, it, so that's a great way to end it. And that attraction. Well, it's one of the things that, you know, when I got the chance to do it, it it had already been announced that it was coming to to Epcot. So for me, it was like you in a way, too, I guess it was a a preview of what was to come in Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the attraction ended and you looked through and saw the restaurant, the first thing I thought of was, well, how can they do this without ending into the restaurant? Like it yeah. just and you know as of right now the plans are still not to to do uh, to do the bistro restaurant and so I'm still kind of like scratching my head on it but it just it is it, the attraction itself is just something that I think it's going to blow away everyone I'm, I'm oh, yeah. going to be interested the people who constantly knock like Universal for being very reliant on screens I'm very interested to hear what what 
these Disney fans have to say because it, despite some awesome practical sets being built for it, the action is done with screens. And oh, all of it, yeah. yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see that aspect of it, uh, especially since Disney's starting to now go go a little screen crazy here and there. But but the attraction is just it, it's going to blow people away when it comes to to Epcot, and it's it is a highlight of of Disneyland Paris as a whole. I mean, I talked earlier about three favorite attractions. I would say that this is also one of the top three for me. It's just so cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is fantastic. It's going to be interesting to see how they tweak it and change it for Epcot. But, um, you know, hopefully whatever they do, it'll be better and not, you know, budget cuts. I, I, my hope is that nothing cut at all. And they also leave the nice blend of French and English because I think it's, it, it would be the perfect way to pay tribute to the pavilion that it's going to be in, in, in Epcot, mm-hmm. as well as also, you know, bring that, that culture to it. But I know there's a lot of different uh, people who are coming from all over the world to, to Epcot and Walt Disney World that speak many different languages, but at the same time, too, it's it, you. I, I don't like. I, I don't like the idea that they would dull this attraction down into only English when the French language that is weaved within in France is just it's done so well. I agree. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so looking forward to to it coming to Epcot. So any before we move on to restaurants, is there anything else you wanted to add? I think that's it. I mean, you covered you covered everything in in that park and everything that I experienced. If you didn't do it, I already talked about it. And beyond that, I mean, when I was there, you know, Armageddon was still there and Rock and Roller Coaster, but those are all long gone now. So. Mm-hmm. No point in dwelling in the past. So yeah, I guess that that'd be it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A few places that we ate at. We ate at um, in the Magic Kingdom. We ate at Cinderella's Royal Table, and we had the buffet breakfast. It's just a lovely setting. It's right next to the castle, and it uh, tells inside. It tells the story of. Cinderella through tapestries and artwork and things like that. This this is lovely. It's very similar to some of the architecture and structure of Cinderella's royal table in in the Magic Kingdom, in in the sense that you know you're in this grand hall and there's you know fireplace and details in the columns and all that. Really nice. The, the breakfast was fine. It was good for you know for a buffet breakfast. It wasn't it wasn't like huge, but it was very filling. So um, so they did a nice job with it. And Mickey and Minnie came in their royal garb. So we got to do, you know, we had photo ops with them. They were there to greet us. Then they left and they came back after we ate. And we all got to pose with them, you know, individually and all that. Um, we ate, I, you know, Rob and I ate at the Cafe Hyperion. Less said about that, the better. Um, a group of us... Um, ate at Captain Jack's Pirate Restaurant that is basically their uh, their Blue Bayou. How was it? So, um, it was fine. We were a little rushed because we had to be... Uh, we, we had priority seating for Illuminations, which I'll talk about in a bit. Uh, that was part of our um, 
seating, I think, for Plaza Garden Restaurant. I don't know. But um, it was fine. You know, it, I, it's a stupid name. It used to be called Blue Lagoon. And um, it, w- it was fine. It was much larger, I think, than um, – at more levels and things than our uh, – than the Blue Bayou. I thought the food was okay. I I mean, I loved seeing it as I floated through, but, you know, I was out there by myself besides other other media people who I know. But, you know, we it's not like we were sitting around planning meals together. I was trying to experience as much as I could while I was out there. So I didn't have time to really do sit down meals. But this is one of the ones that was recommended to me and that I I did really look into. But as soon as I saw the price on it, I'm like, I can't. I can't justify that by myself, but yeah, yeah, it it was definitely up there. I thought it was fine, so I wish we could have lingered a little more and stuff. But um, anyway, uh, we ate at, again as part of our tour. We ate at the Plaza Gardens Restaurant, which is on the Central Plaza. It's very much like all the other Plaza restaurants, Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, and all that. We had a special um, meal for us. And so that was that was good. So uh, I enjoyed it. It's beautiful inside the interior, just as you would expect it to be at, at that restaurant. Um, it Over at the... Um, then on Main Street, Walt's an American restaurant was closed. They opened it for us to um, to eat. So again, one of those perks of Adventures by Disney, you know, with the Diz. And we had a special menu. But what is cool about this is it's, it has a very Club 33 feel to it. But every single room is themed to one of the lands. And there's all these little details in it. Um, you know, the first floor is Victorian, and I guess there used to be also used to be a restaurant there, and I, I suspect that was probably the the Lillian's Lounge or Lillian the Lillian's Boutique, Lily's Boutique next door. Mm-hmm. But um, because that has, as I talked last week, that has all the photos, the Disney photos and family photos in there, and then upstairs uh, you, there's a lift. That is based on the Club 33 lift that was based on a restaurant's lift in Paris. And then um, you go up and there's, you know, like I said, every single room has like photos and concept art from the archives of basically the original Disneyland, you know. Um, yeah. And there and and. um but the wallpaper's beautiful. There's beautiful woodwork. There's this little transition room to Frontierland that's based, that's based on a train, the dining car of a train, that I thought was so clever. But um, a lot of photos of Walt, the Imagineers in there. Um, and then also photos of concept art of the park with photos of people that are sort of like part of the backstories, some of the attractions and all that. But um, it, it, anyway, just a gorgeous, gorgeous room. There's also, there was also 
like in the Fantasyland room, there was also artwork from some of the films, yeah. like um, Pinocchio and, and Fun and Fancy Free and, and Maquettes. You know, and and mm-hmm. I mean, just literally, I, I while I was eating there, I, I was with our our media group and we were we were just you know it was like oh well take a couple minutes if you want to go look around the restaurant i think i might have been up for 20 minutes walking around and taking photos and videos and and trying to document every square inch of this restaurant and because it's it is a disney fan's dream uh even if Mm -hmm. you're not as familiar with their park you still you get in every single room you know you know the different lands. You feel them being in those rooms. It's there's, I mean, I, I guess you're right in a way that it does have a feeling of like a, the prestigiousness of like Club Thirty Three. But I don't, I can't think of a restaurant that is designed as well as this in our parks. That at least for for what I'm interested in in Disney. Like to me, it is it is the ultimate design in in Disney restaurants. Uh, the food i don't know what your experience was with it since you had a special little menu there but like i i ate off of the one of the prefix menus that they had to offer us and you know i'm not sitting here reviewing it because my meal was for free but uh you know a year year plus later i'm just gonna flat out say it like one of the things i had there was the the famous 50 dollar burger that they have on the menu that i like I would have slapped myself if I would have spent 50 euros on it <laughs> there by myself. <laughs> and, you know, I had like a, a basic Caesar salad with anchovies and such on and and a basic dessert, too. So it's, the food did not blow me away. But the environment, it's if you're a Disney fan, it's up there. It's one of the best. <laughs> well, I have the little menu in my hand because we got special menus for us with that, with the date and with our you know we had um you know we had two different wines which I'm not even going to try to pronounce but there was a red wine and a white wine uh, the one was Cuvée Disneyland Paris which I thought was interesting but anyway for starter we had a choice of either pastrami 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 I can't even say the English words pastrami marinated in Cajun spices pineapple coleslaw and whole grain mustard or crab crumble with herbs and pea puree I, that's what I had I had the crab crumble excellent really delicious for the main course could either choose the pan fried scallops polenta with um, pepper jack cheese and meat gravy with bourbon or free-range label rouge um, chicken breast thanksgiving stuffing sweet potato mash and giblet gravy so i had the scallops again very very well done because scallops are tricky you know they can get rubbery if they're not prepared properly these are very good and then for dessert, lime meringue pie or cheesecake with honey and vanilla. I had the cheesecake again, also very very good. So and um, so it it was terrific. I am so happy that they opened it for us because I would have been really disappointed if I hadn't seen this restaurant. Yeah. So now you said you ate. Where did you eat? You told me you ate oh, elsewhere. Yeah, I grabbed. I, I just had no time for eating while I was there, and I know it seems unbelievable, but that's that's how much I ran around uh, while I was 
I was experiencing my days. The the first day I was there, uh, I well, I flew in, and then they had a, a special dinner for us that was with other other uh, special VIP tickets or something for the Fan Days event that I was there for. So that was on the first night, and then the second night. I went. I hit the parks, or second day, I hit the parks very early in the morning, so I think I maybe grabbed a coffee, and that was it. For lunch, I had waltz, and then dinner, I didn't eat dinner because that was the night of the Fan Days event with the 100-plus Disney characters and special entertainment and the entire reason why I was out there. They had a, a special area set up for us where we could walk in, and basically I shoved, like, whatever food i could find in my mouth real quick and got back out to cover everything so that was what i ate that day then the next day i was even busier because it was my final day in paris i didn't want to waste any time at all so i just kept going 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 realized once it got to like six o'clock that i hadn't eaten anything and someone had told me like oh well if you like indian food i think uh or african food one of them i don't i'm don't really mean to be dismissive by it i don't remember what was served at the restaurant that i was looking for but i was looking for i think the hakuna matata restaurant uh because someone told me it would be a little bit more unique and i knew it was in adventureland and i was so tired and out of it that i ended up at uh colonel hatis and based off the jungle book it's i know it's been closed for a while now don't know when it will reopen but uh, basically, it was a, a pizza place because that makes so much sense. Uh, take a Jungle Book restaurant, turn it into a pizza place, put it in Adventureland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just had a pizza. The only reason like, I even got that was because my body was just craving carbs. And so I'm like, okay, I wanted something more exotic, but this has carbs. And then the fact that I could sit down and have a beer with my meal inside inside a castle park. Like that was also uh, pretty pretty up there for me. So <laughs> that that was it. I ate it really in terms of stuff that anyone else can eat. I ate it. I ate it. Those two restaurant waltz and uh, and Colonel Hatties. So okay. my exciting experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you ate it the best, uh, waltz. I mean, that is a not to be missed if you go to Walt to Disneyland Paris. We also ate at Bistro Chez Remy. And it was it was an experience. Um, this was this was service at its worst. Um, you know, we sat down. Now we were in two. We had two big tables. There was a group of us, and uh, what threw them off to us? You know, we wanted individual checks, and which they told us would be fine. It ended up being a nightmare. Um, the food was okay. I, it started out. Oh gosh, you know they they have these different men, fixed menus, and and you can get wine pairings and stuff with them. I got this this um, I don't even remember what I ate now, but whatever started out, it was like this um, chicken breast chicken. It was this chicken goo stuff. I don't know what it was. Um, I'm sure people on the trip are shouting at me. I must have... I, I'm pretty sure I have a... I took a... I have a picture of it. But anyway, um, it was... Oh, that doesn't help me. Um, but 
it was it that I didn't like. I didn't like the texture and all that. I ate it all, and then uh, my main course. I think I had a fi- I had fish. It was that was fine. That what that was good. Um, you, now you're supposed to get ratatouille with every. Um, meal. Well, the problem is they they were behind on preparing the ratatouille, and so they said, "Oh, it's going to be, it's going to come soon." Well, it came about twenty minutes into the meal, and by that time we were full, and so we didn't want it. I somebody did have it; it was part of their main course, and so they, uh, so we, I tasted theirs, and it tasted very good. And I was disappointed that I was so full, but everything had already taken so long by now. I mean, we were just, you know, it, it you know, the the ratatouille came. Well, I had, oh yeah, there's there. I found the menu now. I don't know. Uh, sooner or later, I will post these photos from it, but. Um, the, anyway, this uh, it, it, anyway the ratatouille looked really good. It tasted great. The ambiance of the restaurant is so clever. You have giant wine bottles. You're sitting on, you know, uh, your chairs are made are fashioned out of bottle caps. The the side serving table, the dessert table is actually a giant butter dish. I mean, all around. There are like giant utensils hung as decorations. At the booths, there's big plates that separate them, and there's flowers and vines growing around. And um, they have, I'm trying to figure out, oh, the lighting in there, it's like big um, white Christmas tree lights. And um, so it's all very, very well themed. Our problem then ran into the bill. The one table got off scot-free in the sense that they got paid. They were able to get through everything quite nicely. Uh, At some point, there was a server change. Our server went on break. So the server that didn't really know what was going on and didn't speak English came. He had the wrong checks. He had some of the receipts for the other table. And it was... A nightmare. We couldn't unravel it. Um, at one point, as he's trying to get things together over there, Chandra goes over to try to deal with the manager. The manager wouldn't even come over. And it took, we were 45 minutes of just dealing with the bills. And you would think a manager would have come over at one point and apologized or said something or tried to unravel it. No. And one of the problems is they claimed that someone at the other table who bought one of the spoons, they had Remy spoons that they have at our parks, didn't pay for it. Well, anyway, we finally went, um, we went through every... It all finally seemed to work out in the end because the other server came back. We went through checks one by one, and then he was adding things up on his um, calculator, on his iPhone, and then it all worked. It all somehow added up, and the spoon wasn't an issue. And Because we said, we'll just pay for the spoon, but of course, it couldn't be that easy. Anyway, it was terrible. That part was terrible. 
So, um, but the food was okay, and um, and the ambiance was good. So it's unfortunate they're not building this at Epcot because I think this would be a big hit. So yeah, as long as the uh, they fix all those little details <laughs> that you just mentioned, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that ended up being a two, like a two-hour, forty-five-minute yeah. experience. Yikes! Which you really don't want in a theme park uh, no. because everything was slow. Just everything, getting our bill, getting them. I mean, everything. It was amazing. Yeah. So um, anyway, and and Pete came and he wanted to get come in. He didn't have reservations, so, and they said no, you can't. There were so many empty tables there. So, you know, that that was the other thing. So I don't know if they were reserved and people didn't show up or what. I have no idea. So anyway, uh, we talked about a couple of the parades and shows. Like we did, talked about Disney Stars on Parade and the Village Stage Show. We also had reserved seating for our standing room for the spectacularly sparkly illumination show. Yes, that's what it's called. And this is great. They had a, it, it, basically it's projections on the castle and there's some fountains and all that but they don't do too much and some fireworks and it was cute first of all there was a halloween tag at in the front of it that i thought was actually the illumination show and then they do the illumination show and it's basically mickey's imagination and he goes through and encounters different characters and different films and all that. Mickey doesn't say much. It's more oohs and ahs and everything. And it was very well done. Projections are very sharp and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was good. It, it was definitely worth seeing. Yeah, I I waited a long time to see it because I wanted to film it and have a perfect spot for it. So uh, I put in a lot more effort into to getting that perfect view for it i i actually really love this show uh you know it's it it's kind of like take take elements from the the projection shows from the castles mix it with a little bit of world of color and tiny bit of pyro and it's all right there for you and you know uh, the only things i really disliked about it were two things kind of just didn't sit well with me a the star wars part felt forced in there and mm-hmm. but that's how it is with a lot of these shows that put Star Wars in or, or Frozen in when they don't necessarily need to be in. And the other thing I thought was a missed opportunity was the Beauty and the Beast section. You know, it that was, in was the worst. Oh my no! And it was from the live film, yeah. and they didn't even sing the song yeah. from that film. Either be our guest or Beauty and the Beast. They sang the song that was written for that show. It was terrible. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that was we were so disappointed with that segment. It was a very strange decision. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure who made the call on that, but yeah, I I was. I'm not. I don't want to say I was bothered by it, but I'm still scratching my head about it. <laughs> well, it was clearly that this was made when the film was coming out, so it was a promotion for that film. But it was so out of place. In that yeah, a hundred percent. Anyway, yeah, but still a good show worth seeing and all that. Shops and merchandise. You know, I was all set. To buy stuff. First of all, they didn't have any popcorn buckets. We don't have here, and then um, so that was that saved me money. But there just wasn't a lot. Basically, it it was either Christmas shops, children's clothes, or plushes. There was almost nothing for men. 
you know, we were luckily we found there was there were a couple sweatshirts and and a Disneyland Paris shirt over at the shop near Ratatouille. Um, it was just this. It was the same merchandise we could get here, and it was the same merchandise from land to land to land. There was very few. Uh, places where I saw unique merchandise. I mean, at one point, Main Street, it was clear that they had shops that sold unique merchandise, like the gas station. Apparently, at one time, it sold um, models of antique cars. Nope, it's a kitchen shop and women's clothes. The men's shop on Town Square, it still has the name. It's a men's shop. It's a Christmas shop. Um, it It... I was profoundly disappointed um, with with the merchandise there. Yeah, and I tried. I saved a lot of money. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to warn you about that before you went you went out there. That I know I struggled finding stuff when when I was out there too, and then it apparently just continues to be the case. And even then, there was random times where I. I thought like, oh, maybe this, I, I found something unique. And then I realized that I had seen it somewhere before. So like one of the, one of the funniest ones to me was in the Pirates of the Caribbean gift shop, they had all of these stitch pirate mugs sitting out and, you know, tried to say exclusive to the shop. And I thought about it for two seconds and I'm like, no, I've seen these on Disney Cruise Line before. I'm pretty sure they're just reusing them over here and uh, hoping that no one who comes to these parks will ever go on a cruise and see yeah. these mugs and a lot of lot of stuff like that and and even then like some of the cool stuff that like I, I the couple little small souvenirs that I did buy for myself like I think I bought a espresso set you know even with that one of the cups had the castle on it and said Disneyland Paris and the other just had like the Eiffel Tower and uh, Arc de Triomphe on it, but I didn't. I didn't even see those, so I felt like I cheated myself out of souvenirs and a lot of like the stuff that seemed like it was made just for Disneyland Paris. That seemed like it was Paris as a whole too, as if well, mm-hmm. we can sell this if we had a shop somewhere else, and it would it would work both ways. You you could you could buy it at Disneyland, or you could buy it in Paris. You don't doesn't have to be one and the same. But I just I really struck out when it came to trying to find anything unique, and and you know I I got lucky in that the souvenirs I, I treasure most. I had one book that was given to me to kind of commemorate Pirates of the Caribbean after it came out of of refurbishment. And then uh, then luckily now I have the second in that series, uh, thanks to, to you pointing it out and John making sure it, it got home and all of that. But then... Oh, you did uh, get the Phantom Manor book. I did, book. yes. Okay. The, I have a Phantom Manor book now. So like... The the two coolest things I have for Disneyland Paris are thanks to other people. <laughs> yeah, so. and I couldn't find the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. book. It was out of print, so I really want yeah. to get that. I'm sure it'll come back in print, and someone someone will be lucky enough to spot it, and then we'll, we'll figure out how to get it to you. And actually, that's that's the, the the third gift that I have. Continuing the trend of the coolest stuff I have from Disneyland Paris, I didn't even buy myself. It was 
someone else had to do it for me. But when my parents went in May, they they got me the Starbucks You Are Here cups for Disneyland oh, Paris you. and and uh, and Walt Disney Studios. So it, it, tough shopping at Disneyland yeah. Paris. Yeah, Disney Village wasn't much better. That's their downtown Disney. It's very small. You know, they have a Disney store there. They have a regular Disney store right next to the World of Disney store or whatever they call it there. And they have an Art of Disney store. They had some some unique shops and all that. They have a great Lego store. And, um, you know, and and they have some places to eat. Ludwig's Castle is apparently the place to eat there. It didn't feel like paying the price. They have a character... Uh, meals place there that goes on and on and on until late at night. Yes. And um and um we ate at Earl's sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. I think I stopped in McDonald's or got a coffee at one point in time, but I didn't do anything there. I wanted to eat at King Ludwig's because I, I love German food and mm-hmm. and you know that's that's where the beer was being poured, but by the time I got out of the parks each of the two nights it was already long closed uh and one of the meals i did skip that the 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 people of disneyland paris were were trying to send us for media was to the wild wild west stunt show oh Uh, we wanted to see that but it just didn't fit yeah it's uh, apparently it's hugely popular there and it's like a little Mm -hmm. it's like a little rodeo right in the right at disneyland paris and people seem to love it and the food i guess is is good but you you pay for the show mostly but i couldn't i couldn't justify it it was it would have taken two and a half hours out yeah. of my my very very short time there so i skipped i skipped doing that one but yeah their uh their village there is uh it's unique <laughs> mm-hmm and that ends my trip report on this Dreams Unlimited Travel Exclusive Adventure. So now it's time for an adventure through this week in Disney history. Okay, Craig, we are here in the week of November 10th. And it's a real potpourri here of things. A lot of film. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. items this week so anyway so here we go all right november 10th the first honoree of anaheim's walk of fame which honors well-known celebrities athletes and humanitarians who have shaped anaheim and orange county is celebrated in a ceremony on november 10th 2006 who is the first honoree I'm going to hope that it would be Walt. <laughs> that is correct. It the first honoree is Walt Disney, and the ceremony took place under the Disneyland Resort marquee on Harbor Boulevard. I was going to say, if it was anyone else to deal with Disney that was being honored before Walt, then that would just be kind of bizarre. But I, I don't know. Crazier Joe things have An- happened. Joe Anaheim. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, very good. Off to a good start. Okay, November 11th. Walt Disney appeared as a mystery guest on a popular Mark Goodson, Bill Todman Productions TV game show hosted by John Daly on November 11th, 1956. What is the name of this television show? I don't believe I know what the show is. This is really popular, and I think it's been brought back a couple of times. What's my line? It sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, and I think that Mark Goodson, Bill Todman, they had like half of the game shows like when I was growing up that were on TV. Password, probably one of their most famous ones. Oh, okay, yeah. And they, um, but What's My Line was their first big success. On television with the game shows. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen a rerun one of the days back when we used to have Game Show Network and it was like all I watched for one year straight. Yeah, and then they brought it back a few years ago when that whole craze of game shows in the summer started. Mm. And they would have like, um, and I think it was combined, like, you know, they would have like three within an hour or something. Yeah, of shows, yeah. Yeah. and I think what's my line is one of them. And the, um, I think the contestants just moved from one set to the other. The same contestants, that or makes the sense, same yeah. the same celebrities, and they would play multiple games. Like they'd do the match game, they'd do what's my line. They would do all these things. So yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, okay, November twelfth. Actor Bela Lugosi, best known for his Dracula role, spent November 12th, 1939 at the Walt Disney Studios posing for animators. What character was Lugosi modeling for? Hmm. That's... I feel like I'm failing on my classic monster trivia right now, uh, but I'm not quite sure. It is the intent that Lugosi will be the model for the demon Chernabog in the Night on Bald Mountain segment of Fantasia. Hmm. However, Bill Titla, the animator in charge of Chernabog, will later be dissatisfied with Lugosi's performance and will have sequence director Wilfred Jackson pose for the cameras. Thus, it will be Jackson, not Lugosi, who appears on screen as Chernabog. Interesting. Although I still think there's a lot of Lugosi still. I can definitely in Chernabog. Now that especially you, in the face, ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, now that you mentioned it, I, I can definitely see that in the the arches in his face. You definitely mm-hmm. get that in Chernabog. Yeah, yeah. He's my favorite villain. So I know, and I still think the way he moves his wings and okay. stuff. I still think there's a lot of Lugosi in there. You can keep lying. We know. We know your favorite villain's Maleficent. Uh, from the well, live action movies oh god yeah. no <laughs> now I still haven't seen that film the second mm-hmm. one the, I don't know you, you keep lying about it I know Boostier, you've seen it four times Bustier of yeah. Darkness or whatever yeah. you, you've seen it four times <laughs> and you're just a you're a closeted Maleficent fan yeah. I'll watch it on Disney Plus <laughs> so. <laughs> November 13th on November 13, 1940, Walt Disney's third feature film premieres at New York's Broadway Theater, formerly known 
as the colony where Steamboat Willie debuted. What is the name of the film? That Speak of the Devil, Fantasia. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> it is Fantasia. And this film introduces stereophonic sound to, to the motion picture via a special sound system dubbed Fantasound, which literally vibrates the theater's seats. In attendance at the gala premiere are socialites Mrs. Henry F. DuPont, Mrs. William Randolph Hearst, and Mrs. William K. Vanderbilt. Although a triumphant premiere, Fantasia will not be appreciated for many years until its re-release in the 1970s, when it does become a hit. Okay, November 14th. Along the Oregon Trail, an episode of the Disneyland series, airs on ABC TV on November 14th, 1956. Walt takes viewers on the famous Oregon Trail, a pathway from Kansas City to Oregon, where the settlers moved westward. He also goes behind the scenes of his new theatrical feature film starring Fess Parker. What is the name of this film? I'm going to take a guess on this one. Because I haven't seen the movie, but I've listened to the album many times on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I sometimes I go through and I search Disney or Disneyland, and then I look at the related titles. And if it has that Disneyland record seal on it, then I'll just add it to my library and, and listen to it eventually. And one that I, I found that I I didn't know anything about but love the music for was westward ho the wagons that's it and you know when i was little i had the record i don't have it anymore i loved the music from this yeah it's wonderful it's really perfect Mm -hmm. so yeah so that's one i I don't remember if that's one on disney plus or not i do not believe i saw that on the list but uh you know well well, before we talk about disney plus we can always cross-reference the list and see if it's there we'll have to that would be one i'd watch yeah i haven't seen that since i was little and i don't think i have that in my collection so yeah i've I've never had the chance to watch it yeah okay november 15th which walt disney film held its re-premiere in atlanta georgia on november 15th 1940 to celebrate i'm sorry i know i have that date wrong um to celebrate the film's 90th anniversary I have a feeling that's probably more like in the 1980s. So, um, I am not sure. I screwed up on that year. I don't have time. Anyway, it is Song of the South. So, by gubernatorial proclamation, the day of the premiere is declared Song of the South Day in Georgia. This was in the 1960s. I remember it was 1968. Because I was thinking, wow, how things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Huh. Okay. So, yep. Okay, November 16th. A Snow White meeting is held at the Disney Studios on November 16th, 1934, which results in another outline entitled Dwarfs Discovers Snow White. Which character is introduced during this meeting? I do not have. I, I don't have a guess. I know it'd be a one in one in seven guess, but yeah. I'm well, not it's quite sure. The most, well, it turned out to become the most successful and popular dwarf. Oh, and I'd say it's between grumpy or dopey, but I'd go with dopey. You're right. 
Dopey was introduced. Okay. Yeah, Dopey's my well, favorite. Yeah, I think he's most people's favorites. So. Okay, well, not too bad. So, Craig, how many Disney parks have you visited? I have technically been to four in Florida, so then two in California, and the two in Paris, so... Uh, I'm done eight then. Okay, so. very good. So now, so where would you rank Disneyland Paris? I, well, Disneyland Park for me would probably be, oh, oh this is, that's a tough placement on it. it. Is, I, I can tell. It's even tougher for me. <laughs> I can tell you that Walt Disney Studios is definitely the very bottom of the list. Um, yes, that, that's my last. Yeah, that's. That is not a question at all. I'm going to go with... This is, could be controversial. It, right, it's really going between number two or number three for me. Because Disneyland mm-hmm. Park at Disneyland Resort is n- number one, above and beyond. Then the question for me really comes is is Magic Kingdom. There is a couple things that I love about our Magic Kingdom here better than Disneyland Paris, but the park really left an impact on me. Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to say it's probably my second. It's probably number two, Disneyland Park. And then then after that, Walt Disney Studios would be at the bottom of the list, and mm-hmm. since I don't have that many left in there, I'd say Magic Kingdom at three. Epcot at four. Hollywood Studios. Five... DCA 6, Animal Kingdom 7. Oh, gosh, I haven't ranked. I was thinking of just the Castle Park and ranked them all. (laughs) Well, for mine, then, Castle Parks only, Disneyland Park, Park Disneyland, Mm -hmm. and then Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I think for me, uh, it's for in terms of the parks, I would rank, it'd have to be Disneyland, you know, California first. Disneyland Paris second. I, I just loved that. It, it was just gorgeous, as you can tell, you know, from these episodes. It, it's a magnificent park. Um, English is, is you know, not knowing French is not a problem. My only disappointment is the merchandise, mm-hmm. really. Uh, and then Animal Kingdom would be third. And then I, I really liked Hong Kong Disneyland. And I just thought it was such a charming park. And then... Uh, and then it might be Shanghai oh. after that, and then Disneyland, um, and then Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah, and then and then it's all sort of a jumble after that. Yeah, um, you know, Epcot's probably in there, but um, and Magic Kingdom and all that. But those are those are my top rankings anyway. But uh, with this trip, I was able to check off, um, you know, visit all Disney parks, you know, bucket list item. And, you know, now now I'm thinking, oh, in a few years, I want to go back when they finish all their expansions, yeah. you know, and, and all that. So, um, uh, you so know, it's going to be... Mm-hmm. And conquer all the Universal Parks. I know it's not as much of a passion mm-hmm. for you. You've enjoyed... I know you've enjoyed I bits enjoy, and pieces of them. I do enjoy the Universal yeah. Parks. Well, I have not been to, to Universal Hollywood in since you and I went for oh. the... And Tom... Yeah, and, and Sean... And, Sean, 
for and so you know and we mainly just went for the uh you know the party yeah that was five years ago yeah yeah that was a long time ago so but i know my granddaughter wants to go because she uh she um she really wants to see harry potter hogwarts and i just want to revisit that park and so someone on my trip is a vip guide who is on the disneyland paris trip yes and so he's yeah. And so he said that he would um he would take as long as it was an off season, you know, if it's off season, you know, he probably would have time, for, you know, I could I could request him, you know, as my tour guide and all that. So very cool. So I think that would be fun. Yeah. So and then, you know, the highlight for me that, you know, as I mentioned at the very beginning, you know, this was, uh, you know, th- part of this was a tough trip to get through because, you know, this is supposed to be mine and Carol's 30th wedding anniversary trip. You know, she, you know, but even if she she were with us, this trip would have been so challenging for her because, you know, they don't have ADA. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. and you know being confined to a scooter, an electric scooter, it would have been rough. I think she would have missed out on so much that I, I think she, there would have been some level of disappointment in there. I don't know how much, but um, and then it just would have been challenge. The challenges would have been just significant. But it was just nice traveling with friends. You know, during this, yeah. especially people who knew Carol, you know, so, and people that had traveled with us before. And, and um, you know, and I, I just want to thank, you know, of course, our, our, you know, Kevin Close at Dreams Unlimited Travel for all his work on, on putting it together and John Magi and um, our tour guides, you know, Stephanie and Janae were fantastic. And, um, and, and then my travel mate, Rob, who, puts up with me being very slow in the mornings and you know just everything and um anyway he's a good sport so we went to china together and and paris together and um so yeah it's it's just fun having someone that knows you to travel with and all yeah that. so anyway so i'm looking forward to another adventure someday so Okay. So, Craig, until next time, how can our listeners connect with you? As always, you can find me on all the weird shows on the Diz Unplugged Plugged Podcast Network that I'm on, and then on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Teleclaster. Michael, what about you? Well, you can send me messages at michael at wdwinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling. Check out the Connecting with Walt page because there are, there, there are photos from the studio that we talked about in this episode up there. I'm, I'm just slowly posting them. Instagram, I'm Michael Bowling the Diz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at ConnectingWalt. If you'd like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes at disunplugged.com. And look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy. (laughs) 